Hey, Abby. Welcome. Hey, everyone. Everybody. Welcome to a snack. Hey. Welcome to a snack. <laughs> We're just popping in to say hey. You get a bite-sized version of a full-size Snickers. Yes. Just a snack. <laughs> Oh, I wanted to be like, what did you call me? I've been watching I've been watching a lot of drag race lately. I actually wanted to get some updates on what's going on with that because you there's been a lot of activity <gasps> from you. Uh <laughs> jeez. Drag race. We're, we're gonna spend exactly 30 seconds on this. Okay. So drag race is RuPaul's uh, reality competition mm-hmm. where she has 14 drag queens, usually 14, just mm-hmm. a number of drag queens compete every season for this like made up title of America's Next Drag Superstar. Mm-hmm. It's like not a real thing. Mm-hmm. So drag queens, like as we traditionally understand them, are gay men, cisgender men, right? Like, you know, born, signed, male at birth men who dress up in women's clothing and like they exaggerate everything. Um, and so that's what RuPaul says that drag is. And so someone asked Ru if trans women were welcome on the show, uh, meaning right. cisgender men who has transitioned into a woman. Mm-hmm. And Ru was like, well, no, because it's like they're cheating. Like, what? It didn't even make sense. Because number one, there have already been trans women on the show. And they have, like, announced themselves as trans women. And on the show, Rue was like, you know, it's fine. Everyone is here. They're like, trans is what, no, drag is what you do. Trans is who you are. The only thing we care about is charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Everybody say love. Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> but then off the show, Rue was like, Mm, no, it's kind of like if you take performance-enhancing drugs at the Olympics. <gasps> That's what that was about? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, like, Rue making this analogy that, like, if you're a trans woman, you know, and if you, maybe you have uh, surgery, like, gender-affirming surgery, or, you know, you start that process, there's, like, all types of things that you can do, like, in the transition process. Now Rue has compared that to doping for the Olympics. Oh, uh, okay. It's just so like gross and problematic and it's just like really just like disheartening because like um like rue is really like the gatekeeper for that whole community yeah i was gonna say like all of all the people to be like like small-minded about it like yeah (laughs) what are you doing and like rupaul is like 60 years old almost so like all right i get it fine you know what i mean like what was radical and like you know forward thinking to you in the 70s maybe is just like old school now but also like you are surrounded by these like young queens like on your show every year year after year and also there have already been trans women on your show it's just so gross Hmm. and so um yeah so he did an interview and then like there was some backlash and then he tweeted like he like dug his heels in and was just like no no i'm right and so yeah i've been tweeting about it and i was like Please stop immediately, which is a joke from the show, but also please stop immediately. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then finally he tweeted this like half ass apology. And I was just like <sighs> disappointed because I don't know, you expect I don't know. You expect more from the people who are like the visible leaders of your own marginalized community. I mean like, that is a black gay drag queen. You know what I mean? Like that yeah, is like Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you <laughs> if if we can if we if he can't be woke, like what are we all doing? Like, right? Well, gonna, is there hope for anybody? Um. Yeah, and so and like all of that is like further compounded by the fact that like there's some like weird, like um, economic not economical, but there's just like being a drag queen like can I mean it always 
could have been like a career, but not really. But like now it's more, I guess, viable than ever to be a drag queen because of RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm -hmm. Like you can go on Drag Race, you know, place seventh in your season, but like you get this like huge following, you know, subjectively huge following. And like now, you know, you can kind of tour and you can be this drag queen. And even if you're not RuPaul famous, like you're definitely making more money than you were working at, you know, Forever 21 and doing drag on the side, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which is, like, where a lot of these queens started. And so, like, Rue is, like, really, like, a route to financial freedom for, like, a lot of young drag queens, including young trans drag queens. So for Rue to be up there and be like, well, I get to decide who gets to go on that path, and I have decided to exclude trans women, like, that's really fucked up. (sighs) Anyway, I have, like too many thoughts on Jeff. Yeah, I was going to say, you have a lot of thoughts, and that's fine. I'm, I'm cool with your thoughts. <laughs> um, other than, like, me making a kerfuffle on Twitter, mm. it's been a quiet week. Um, I did, oh, I did make brownies this week. So did I. No way, really? But I, they were from a box. Too, I was really desperate. But I always make Wha- them from a box, uh, and I always, like, enhance them, so it's fine. What? Uh, it's fine. Whoa. No worries. Okay. <laughs> I, listen, <laughs> I'm not judging because we. I have definitely spoken on this show about my love for a box yellow cake. I always, uh, so. it's always box gear deli brownies. They do a good job. I'm not going to lie. I, was gonna, I mean, if you're going to go with box brownies, Ghirardelli is the winner. And um, and then I put cookie cookie dough in it and made it a brookie. Oh, what? Yep. <laughs> wow. All right. Then, that sounds so good. It, I, I don't know. I, Sunday, I was like, I need things. So <laughs> I needed Oscar food. Um, so I, yes. I, I got that and some ice cream. The ice cream from Aldi. Um, with the vanilla beans Super in it. premium vanilla bean, yes. Yes. Mm. So tasty. Mm, I need to take a lactate just thinking about that ice cream. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just super rich, but it's so good. And then, and then on Tuesday, listen. On Tuesday, I was given a rice krispie treat that tasted like feet. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw this on Twitter, and then I meant to come back and ask you about it. How do you? Mess up a Rice Krispie treat, perhaps the most simple. You have to work really hard at it. I would say you have to you have to put in more work than it takes to make a good Rice Krispie treat. And, and I you almost, do to make a. <laughs> I almost don't want to like say like what it was because um, it was someone at work, and uh. I don't want them to. Also, she has no idea I have a podcast, so you know what? <laughs> full <laughs> full shade. Like I'm just about to throw it, uh, but she's like she brings them in the in the break room and she's like. I made them for the Oscars. They're uh, champagne caramel. Um, Oof. Right? <laughs> um, Rice Krispie treats. And my head like tilted like a dog when it's like, you want some food? And I'm just like, mm. um Wait, first of all, I'm sorry. Red flag. You should have caught. It is Tuesday and your coworker is bringing in leftover Rice Krispie treats from an event on Sunday. There it is. One. If they were true <laughs> Rice Krispie treats, they would have been snapped up on Sunday. You are absolutely right. Couple things wrong. With that. that was the first thing wrong with it. Um, second thing wrong with it is that rice crispy treats pick up smells. They pick up like odors, um, like butter in the fridge. Like they just will pick up whatever scent is around. 
Yeah, it's because Rice Krispies are like 3,700% air. Like they're just... Yes. Just like puffed, literally puffed Yeah, they're air. puffed. They're just like <laughs> waiting for all that aroma to just seep in. Um, And thirdly, they were like, they were all assembled, but then she like stuck a whole marshmallow in the middle of them. So... Uh, so I don't, I don't know. So I had half of a half, put some in my mouth, and then you know how if you give like a little kid something that they don't want, they'll just, they'll just hold their mouth open until it falls out. That is, <laughs> yeah, yes, that I is have. what I did. I have the visual. I have the visual. Yeah, I was just like, ah, I don't want. <laughs> um, so, um, please tell me you did this in front of her. No, she was already oh. out of the room. Um, oh, so, so she dropped him off and walked away because she already knew. I guess, like, internally there was something there. And I was like, yeah, no. Um, but other people were like, mm, these are tasty. And I was like. <laughs> Why? Why? Why do people lie? Other people's palates. I just, I'm like, yeah, what? Other people's palates. Who, who hurt you? <laughs> I, don't, I just, I don't know. Anyways, so um, I, like, went on about my life. And then later on, a coworker was like, did you make those Rice Krispie treats? And I, oh, my ooh. head snapped up so fast, and I was like, Tuh! no, <laughs> like I, <coughs> like I, th- I think I, I think I not. shook the room with the with the force of the. T- um, I was like, don't you dare ever associate my name with something that tastes like fate. Don't you dare. Don't you disrespect me, and don't you disrespect my mother like that ever again. D- ooh, I, ooh. <laughs> and I was like, listen. The rice krispie treats I make are brown butter sea salt, and I will bring you some. They cost a dollar to make, because Aldi. <laughs> um, and he's Aldi. like, "I'll I'll pay you for them." I was like, "No!" And I, and I was just like righteously indignant at that point. I was just like, "I'm bringing them in. You will eat them all in my presence." Like I was just like, <laughs> "So that's what I made today uh, for tomorrow." Ooh. That sounds so good. But they are, Brown butter, uh, yes, they're so good. Um, Smitten Kitchen. Um, I mean, it's anybody's recipe is just basically brown and butter. Um, but she uses one stick of butter with one bag of marshmallows, whereas, and six cups of um, Rice Krispie treats. Whereas if you look on the box of Rice Krispies, one stick of butter, two bags of marshmallows, whole box of Rice Krispies. So there's mm. a little bit more of a ratio of butter marshmallow to mm-hmm. Rice Krispies, which makes them one, gooier, two, yep. butterier. Um, yep, that's a word, yep. So I um, like taste it a little bit, but literally it gets like better as you chew it, which is insane. It's like the depth of flavor, it goes all the way through. So that's good. And it's just a Rice Krispie treat, but it's like phenomenal. Those sound incredible. I just, I feel like Homegirl should have known champagne, caramel. No. No, I don't want that. No on a one has day. ever eaten a Rice Krispie treat and thought, you know what this needs? Champagne. No one has ever eaten a Rice Krispie treat and thought, you know what this needs? Alcohol. Like, no. Maybe some bourbon. Maybe. Maybe. But probably not. Maybe. Definitely not champagne. Whew. Well, if she ever listens to this, like, there's not really hope for us being friends anyway. So, um, she's she's nice. You don't want to be friends nice. with someone like um, that. You don't. You don't want to be friends with someone who lacks that. Who either lacks self awareness, or would like, you know, unleash those nasty ass rice krispies upon the world? That's not a friend. No, that's not someone you want to be friends with. I was just I was looking down when she brought them in, and when she said champagne caramel, it was like, 
I just started looking around, like around myself. And I don't know what I was like, I don't know what I was looking for. It was just like, no, no, what? No, I was, I didn't, <laughs> I was, I was confused. That's what I was confused. This reminds me of a tangent that I often go on, but <laughs> if I ever serve something that doesn't taste good and you don't tell me, you are not my friend. <clears throat> if I serve you a dry piece of cake and you don't tell me that it's dry, you have done both of us a disservice. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Like I look for, I always look for my mom to critique because she will. Yes. Like she's just like, you know, this could probably use more salt. But you follow the recipe, at least now you know. Next time, add more salt. I'm like, cool. Um, exactly. But she's like, these were perfect. <laughs> um, so, And I'm not saying that you should have told her, because that's not your friend. Oh, no. But just like, <laughs> in general. Like, and I tell this to people. Because, like, I don't know. Food is having one of those things where, like, oh, they made it for me. I don't want to critique that. No. If no, you no, no. don't tell me that this lamb stew is way too salty, mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep making salty-ass lamb stew. Why would you do that to me? Why would you let me do that to the public? Right? I, yeah. Yeah. So please, you know, your loved ones, if they give you baked goods and something's not correct, let them know. You don't have to be rude about it. No. But you should definitely say, hey, you know what? This really salty. Maybe maybe cut back on the salt. Mm-hmm. Just, you know. Usually there's a lack of salt. That's actually. I swear to God, white people are afraid of it. Usually. And baked goods, they just don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Well, even in savory dishes, too. You're right. But definitely in big goods. Um, salt. The good it's thing. About contrast. Yes. About contrast. And balance and depth. There, there is. There can be facets to your baking. There really can be. Let it be faceted. Um. So I made brownies. I usually use Ina Garten's outrageous brownie recipe because it's pretty much perfect. I have not ever seen it what's wrong with me Where they are there this is like a classic iron recipe it's like from the original cookbook it mm. feeds three hundred and fifty thousand people because <laughs> all of Ina's original recipes were like from her food store yes. it's just like she's like let's feed is, everyone <laughs> right like this lasagna will feed 45 people You're like what, I mean, what? <laughs> who do you think i am <laughs> So this makes a whole ass uh, sh- a half sheet pan of brownie. So a whole like uh, a half sh- oh. eleven by eighteen pan of brownies. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yes, I, just, I love her so much. It's like, hey y'all, here's a recipe. You know, for a quiet Thursday night in whatever. <laughs> And there's a lot going on. There's like three different types of chocolate. There's um, butter, of course, coffee, vanilla. There's like a lot that goes into it. And I love them. However, they're definitely on the fudgy side of things. Ooh, okay. Now, I love a a fudgy brownie. Like if I have to choose between a cakey and a fudgy brownie, I'm going to choose fudgy every single time. Um, However, I I do, I don't know. I wanted something more... cakey more I, I, I wanted to find a better balance okay and so i was experimenting this week uh with a simpler brownie recipe because i didn't want to put all of the money into ina's recipe i mean i'm looking at the ingredients right now like you're scrolling and scrolling and, scroll, and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling it's not that bad, but a pound of butter are you kidding me <laughs> 
I'm telling you, Ina has no chill from this first cookbook. She was just... And it says it, like, makes 40 brownie. Uh-huh. It's crazy. Anyway. So I was experimenting with a lesser uh, brownie. and uh, But I was not experimenting so much with the recipe so much as that was the technique, mm-hmm. which is to really just, like, underbake them for just a few minutes. So the center still uh, comes out with some, when you test it, still has some crumbs on your toothpick. Um, not totally gooey. And then you immediately remove it from the oven and put it into the refrigerator for an hour. Mm. And that gives you these really fantastic chewy brownies that are also kind of, uh, not cakey, but they're definitely not fudge. (laughs) (laughs) Just like perfect balance. Yeah. So I'm really, yeah. yeah, So I'm really excited to do the technique with the full on Ina recipe. Okay. That sounds awesome. A little underbaking and then straight in the refrigerator for an hour. All right. Yeah. And I, uh, but I definitely, definitely missed the, you, this recipe that I used did not have coffee in it. It only had a little bit of salt and I definitely missed all of that flavor. Yeah. She's <laughs> three tablespoons of coffee, a teaspoon of salt. Good night. Okay. <laughs> if I ever need to make bake for a crowd, this is exactly what I'm going to use. Seriously, look through the her entire, the Barefoot Contestant Cookbook, the one that she like first published. Mm-hmm. All of the quantities on those recipes <laughs> are just, <laughs> it's basically like here. Are you opening a, a, a specialty food store? Here you go. There's a kitchen clam bake uh, recipe in there, which is just like, buy 85 lobsters. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> They'll have them for you at the store. This is normal. So, briefly, because there's not really a whole lot to say on this topic. That's okay. But uh, I spent the weekend uh, reseasoning my cast iron pan. Mm, Cast iron. Because it had gotten, like, gross and, like, disgusting. And then I was like, I guess this is spring cleaning. Sure. Yeah, sure. And anyway, it was like surprisingly easy. To reseason the pan? It's so easy. Well, okay, so I had like let it get to the point where it had rust on it. Oh no, okay. Yeah. I've never, they've never gotten to that point. They are tended to like by my mother like a garden, so. uh. Yeah, (laughs) so this one had just been like uh, horribly neglected and then I had gotten it wet and then I did not immediately tend to it. (gasps) So I was just like, at the point, I was like, ooh, should I just throw it out? And I was like, no, no, no. Um, all it takes is uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of scrubbing with some steel wool mm-hmm. to get rid of that rust. Mm-hmm. It really does come off. Um, but now I have, like, my right arm, which is what I did with all the, I did all the scrubbing with my right arm. Mm-hmm. It's like Johnny Bravo. Like, it's all swole now, and my left <laughs> arm's all, like, weak. <laughs> And like atrophied because I haven't. No, that's not true. Um, clear the rust off with steel wool. Um, mm-hmm. Any remaining like bits of gunk come out with just like a plastic what, scour, scour, scour. Sc- you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. <laughs> scour. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm here with you. <laughs> English is my first language, believe it or not. Um, 
And then all you have to do is um, quick, quick uh, rinse with warm water and some mild dish soap to get rid of any lasting gunk if you still need it after the steel wool and the scouring. Yep, got it. Nailed it. Um, dishwash, shing liquid, warm water, just a touch, just a touch, mm -hmm. dry it off. And then all you have to do is uh, rub the whole thing down with some oil. You know, like y'all are going to go on a date. And then what? pop it into the oven for an hour at 350. Like y'all are going to go on a date. Like y'all, exactly. Like, exactly. <laughs> like y'all are on the date. Um, That's why I don't do And it. that, my cast iron pan came out looking brand new. Mm -hmm. Brand new. And so to celebrate, I fried some chicken. Oh. I felt that in my spirit. So that literally. <laughs> my hand is in the air. Hmm. I was frying chicken and I was thinking about how Beyonce doesn't eat fried chicken and I was sad for her. I'm sad that uh, the world has to be vegan now. I wasn't ready. She didn't give me time. I feel like Beyonce is vegan so that I don't have to be. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that her great sacrifice for the world? I don't know. <laughs> that and she married Jay-Z so no one else has to. Uh, oh, sorry. It's a truth. Truth. I... Now I'm trying to like, you know, take care of my body though, because she's all like, listen, I got to get snatched for this Beachella and I get it. Um, I mean, I don't have to perform at Coachella. You're right. Neither do I. So I fried chicken. <laughs> Good for you. So my cast iron adventure uh, had me thinking about spring cleaning. Mm -hmm. Um But other than that, I don't really have any hot spring team cleaning tips. I wish I did. Like. I don't know. I I'm looking at I'm looking at a pile of clothes in front of my closet. So it's just I'm not doing very well. Um, in terms of like kitchen stuff, if you want to keep your stainless steel looking shiny and nice, Barkeeper's Friend um, is the best. They have a liquid. They have it in cleanser form. They have it in liquid form, um, and it's not a gimmick. Like legit, it's the best stuff ever. It is the gospel. It is the light and the truth. Barkeeper's Friend. It's uh, I like using the powder, like Comet. Mm -hmm. And just sprinkle it over my my stainless steel, and then again with the scour, the scouring tool, <clears throat> just you know a light buff. It gets that like film, like that weird stainless steely film off yep. the bottom of mm -hmm. your pans, and it keeps them so nice. Also good for if you have a stainless steel sink. Also great for cleaning the inside of your sink. Indeed, I do love Barkeeper's Friend. It'll um. It'll last you forever. A can will last forever. It's only like $4. Yeah. It's like the cheapest thing at Williams Sonoma. Yes. It's amazing. Um, according to Pinterest, uh, the right combination of vinegar and baking soda will clean anything. I mean, I believe it. Right. And I feel like that's probably true. But, but... <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right, Yay. that was hot cleaning tips. Yes, <laughs> again, welcome to a snack, a snack. <laughs> it's a snack, y'all. It's a snack. <laughs> a snack. Um, I have like the the tiniest little bacon bit this this week. Okay, it's a bit. Us. It's a bacon bit for the culture. It's more just like know your history. Culture. For the culture. Um, 
So this is how colonizers ruin things. Um, one, <laughs> this is the rest of my life. Okay, like just just be cool with it. Um, it's a post Black Panther world, y'all. Get used to it. It is a lifestyle. Um, tomatoes, most known for being in Italian cuisine, it is a staple. It's a food group. Um, it comes from Mexico because uh, the Spanish took it back with them. Um, just like they took everything else and just left sickness, uh, in its place. And despair. Yeah. So, um, and then it spread pretty much across continental Europe, but Mm. it obviously had good growth in Italy. So, um, most of the tomatoes grown and exported into the U.S. come from Mexico. Um, Floridians are not happy about that, but no one cares about Florida. So, But just, uh, did you know, also, did you know that potatoes, the Irish staple, come from Peru and Bolivia? Um, They're, again, (laughs) taken back by their Spanish um, colonizers. And um, that obviously grew very well in the soil in Ireland. So think a Mexican today for your food. Um, Because basically, they're the ones that help you out. You're welcome. No, let me not. (laughs) No, yeah. On behalf of my ancestors. (laughs) Um, There you go. On behalf of the ancestors, you're welcome. Uh, I went to the Field Museum because it was free um, like a couple Thursdays ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And... I learned that there and I was like, are you kidding me? And then a girl. Uh, Come on, adult education. I didn't know. Like, I, I had no idea. And a girl who's Mexican was like, I knew that. And I was like, I'm sorry. Like, it's just like, oh, God. Um, but yeah, she like super, she super educated me. Not in a bad way, but she was like, like yeah, dude, colonizers are the worst. She's like, you're right. That's insane. Because the potato is completely synonymous with Ireland. Like, yes, Irish potato famine. Anyway, Peru. Similar to how... The tomato was like just assumed to be Italian. Yes. And yeah, it grows there. But how did it get there? Where did it start? Huh? Exactly. <laughs> Much like white people in North America. How did they get there? Oh. Mm. Bacon bit. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that was it. We're here to educate the children. Just the whole it's an education episode <laughs> that's what we're here for I'm teaching you about drag queens I'm teaching you about tomatoes mm-hmm. teaching you how to we're teaching you how to keep your pots and pans clean Yo. you, are, you are learning so much yes you at are at home it's so true I'm just giving it away you're welcome you're so lucky to have us oh my god you are mm. so lucky <laughs> um alright so briefly before we go do you have a secret ingredient for the week I do you do okay go ahead do you Maybe. Okay, that's fine. Let's let's, let's workshop it. Uh, <laughs> let's see what happens. Um, my secret ingredient for the week is classical music. Oh. Um, I, I've always been a fan of music in general, but my mom, when I was little, would um, put on classical music like while I was taking a nap or like, I don't know. It's like, a, I feel like it's a parent thing when like you have kids who are like, classical music makes your kids smarter and... I agree, to be honest. Um, it's one of my favorite genres mm. of music. I know there are different periods of classical music, um, but I am partial to some Mozart, Vivaldi, and Bach. Um, mm. It's just been a huge part of my childhood. 
oddly enough, he's so classy. <laughs> oddly enough, Victoria's Secret used to be really classy. <laughs> um, I mean, if you can believe that they had some class, they won. Used to sell detergent and um, laundry uh, fabric, not fabric softener, the dryer sheets. And they smell mm-hmm. like heaven. And they no longer do it because they don't care who is wearing their stuff. Um, and they used to sell classical, like, tapes, <laughs> uh, cassette tapes. And we owned them and they were the best music ever. Really? It was like popular classical tapes and it was super. It was, I loved it. Um, and I can recall that music today and I, we would listen to it literally daily. Um, but I genuinely think classical music like helps you think differently and better because it music fires synapses in your brain that are different than anything Absolutely. else. And um, I just, I love it. So I was listening on the way home from getting ice cream <laughs> um, and they were playing all the scores from um, like all the Oscar nominated composers. Mm. Um, and then they put on this Bach concerto and I was like, this is everything. Um, so I just got really pumped about it. So I just, I love classical music. That's wonderful. I'm going to run with your theme mm-hmm. and I'm going to bring it back to this rant that I went on Twitter a couple weeks ago, days ago. I don't know. Sure. My secret ingredient this week, all week, always and forever. Pop music. Uh, you love. I love pop music. Yes, you do. <laughs> Unabashed fan of pop music. Pop music is so disrespected. So, so disrespected. So, last week, I was listening. I've been in a very disco moment, mm-hmm. which is just pop music from 40 years ago. Been in a very disco moment, and I was listening to It's Raining Men. Have you ever really listened to the lyrics of It's Raining Men beyond, like, It's Raining Men, hallelujah? Right. No, I have not. They're insane. There's a whole uh, verse in there about, like, how it came to be raining men. Oh. And apparently, Mother Nature, who was, is single... Um, she conspired with the angels in heaven to make it rain men. And not only men, but specifically tall, dark, strong, and lean, rough and tough, and something and mean. (laughs) Because those are, like, the different types of men Mm -hmm. that, like, women would want. And so Mother Nature worked with the angels and was like, okay, here in Chicago, they need more strong men. We're We're gonna send the strong men rain over there. But over here on the coast, they need those lean men. We're gonna send them over there. Oh, it's like a whole. It's like a whole mythology built into. That's fantastic. I was like, this is wild. I love this. This is insane. This is exactly what I come to pop music for. Like, it's fun. It's catchy. It doesn't take itself too seriously, but also it takes itself completely seriously, and that's <laughs> ridiculous. And I love it. I love it. Oh, I just love pop music. I just love it. It's fun. It's Martha Wash, right? Yes, Martha Wash yes. and, um, oh, God, I don't know the other one. That's so awful. But anyway, I love pop music. It always gets me through a day. I just love how silly it is, but also, you know, it's like it's serious because it's like a whole, you know, it's like a a huge part of, like, the majority of people's lives. You know it's what I mean? true. Like, it, whether, people whether don't or not it you seriously, want to, but. Yeah, and, like, whether or not you want to, you come into contact with pop music. True. And, um. I don't know. It's like, it's so disrespected. And like, it's absolutely 100% not a coincidence that pop music is like disrespected and just like not taken seriously. And who produces pop music? Black women produce pop music. They are not taken seriously. Damn. Yes. And that is like, it's not a coincidence. Like, it's not a coincidence. Like, uh, Sufjan Stevens is like a serious musician or whatever, but like, people love him so much. Right. But like, Diana Ross is just like, ah, isn't she funny? 
Right, she's so cute like, bouncing around on stage. She like shaped a genre of music. Like how do you if, if you can influence an entire <laughs> like if you can literally influence an entire genre of music, like stop right. it. Just stop. Exactly. And so I mean like, and not to say that like Sufjan isn't a serious musician, but like the conversations around Sufjan Stevens are very different than the conversations about Diana Ross. I okay, so going to a white Christian college, I was very <laughs> much into Sufjan Stevens because I feel like I had to be. Like it was like part of tuition um <laughs> so to this day i still love like uh say yes to michigan and um filial filial noise um but i i don't know i think it's just like part of my life and i accepted that but everyone's like it's just he's just so amazing and <clears throat> nuanced and i don't the the way you talk about sufjan stevens is the way people talk about like aromas of wine when they're tasting it <laughs> oaky there's a bouquet <laughs> has an oaky <laughs> it's the same <laughs> you're so 100 percent correct <laughs> and i think we should be having those same pretentious ass conversations about pop music yes and because... i know that it's like this is my, like meant to make you like dance or move or feel like lighthearted, but it doesn't mean yeah. that they're not like taking time to write these lyrics now some of them are are not uh, great, but some of them are no. fairly nuanced. But anyway, I love pop music. I just wish it was not so widely disrespected because mm-hmm. it's fun. It's fun. It's silly, and oh, it means a lot because it's everywhere and it shapes how we think about everything. Also, I just I cannot get over the idea of Mother Nature. Like, all right, <laughs> ladies, like up in heaven. Like, all right, ladies. There's too many lonely women down there. We need to take care of business. Let's move some storms in. But she's right. Let's get these men down but there. She's right. Yes. She's For those so who don't perfect. want apps, please make it rain men. <laughs> <laughs> I just, can that be a thing? Yes, <laughs> Send me the tall, the dark, oh. lean, rough and tough and strong and mean. Send them all. Make it rain. Mother Nature, are you up there? It's just raining weird snow in New York. I'm so over this weird sideways snow rain. <laughs> I'm over it. Oh, all right, we've talked enough. Yeah, I guess. This was a long snack. We're sorry about this <laughs> lengthy snack. <laughs> we'll cut yeah, it so down. You learned a lot, though. Again, you really you learned a lot at home. It's true. Be grateful. Again, you're welcome. <laughs> all right, you can find us on the internet at madewithmelanin.com. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. You can also leave us a rating if you like us. If you don't like us, go away. Um, Just go. go. Shoot. Reconsider. Take a nap. Flee. Tomorrow's a new day. It's all right. Now, to quote another drag queen, not everyone has to like you. Not everyone has taste. Indeed. Oh, good wisdom. Indeed. Um, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at MichaelRXS. Abby, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at AbbyBlueJay. Um, you can find me on Twitter if you want at AbbyBlueJay, but I don't know. Well, you're slowly becoming Twitter famous. I am trying. I'm trying to become Instagram famous a little bit. I mingle with celebrities just real casually. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to happen for you. It's true. I can feel it. It's true. I'll be an influencer myself. You're going to be taking pictures of brunch for three hours. I'm so excited for you. One can only hope. <laughs> Y'all, I read this really depressing BuzzFeed article about influencers. I'll link it in the show notes so you can read it and be depressed. But also, 
feel better about those people who look like they have a perfect life on Instagram. They do not they have a perfect life. Definitely don't. They do not. Um, you can follow us together on Instagram at Made with Melanin Pod. Mm-hmm. You can follow us on Twitter at Made W Melanin. Yes. Yeah. All right. That's it for us today. Bye. I Hope guess. You I don't know snack. what. <laughs> okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs>